Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Corbicero Power, Ray McCarthy with a Major League Rugby mystery guest and speculation on the Raptors, plus Major League Rugby's best locks. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber. Stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City, and we're still kicking. We're still going. We're still covering rugby, and we're covering Major League Rugby today with some Major League Rugby stars. Mr. Alex Corbacero, Alexander the Great, calling in from San Diego. Dandy Dan Power calling in from Gilgronia or Denver. And Mr. Brian Ray calling in from the Great White North of Nova Scotia. Yes, with the VHS. He's got a VHS. That's gold. Gentlemen, good to see you. Welcome back. Let's get right into it. Does anybody have any questions? Alex. Uh, I would like to discuss your most recent interview with the one and only Donovan on uh, Colorado Raptors removal from the MLR. I have a few questions uh, for the group. Go right ahead, Alex. Okay. I thought I found it riveting stuff. I think you did a great job um, interviewing him. Like maybe could have been a little bit harder and on a few topics, but I thought you did a great job. So am I mistaken in saying that you are a co-owner of the Raptors? You're mistaken. I've never owned a share of it. Okay, so your role with the Raptors is? My role with the Raptors is not. I'm My role is mayor of, of Glendale, Colorado, Rugby Town, USA. So he says he has no investment, uh, no connection in the ownership group at all the city has no stake in it but then my understanding if he's saying he's not an ownership is his wife in part of the ownership group and then wouldn't he kind of have an idea if people are trying to buying or selling it there's a little bit of gray areas there that overlap number two you know is it they're just hiding behind the sort of um theme or the the messaging that it was purely because of the international players and they wanted to bring american players in or is that sort of, you know, if we translate that, is that that other teams are spending way too much money? They're bringing in foreigners. We've lost control of this league. We used to be sort of the key, one of the key players in the whole thing. And now we are sort of on the periphery. There's other guys coming in with more money, willing to spend. And the league's taking a different direction than we want. And instead of just going along with it, we're taking our ball home and we're crying foul now. That was a lot. It's two questions. It's been bubbling up in me since I've watched your interview, mate. I had I've been waiting for the record button to hit to get. This All right, out. so it's it's a two it's a two or three parter that could take two hours to answer. But Dan spends a lot of time there. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you uh, gently placing me under the uh, the Raptor bus, so to speak. Uh, I, that's why I'm here, lad. You you are, and and you know it's the hard hitting stuff that uh, I think most people are asking the same question, Corbs. They really are because. I think for everyone who watched the interview, you come out of it with more questions than answers. I will, I will err on the side of safety here and say I feel sorry, first and foremost, for the Colorado fans who invested their time and money into the Raptors. Uh, um, I feel sorry for the players who have had their professional careers pulled from out underneath them. I feel sorry for the coaching staff there who, from my understanding, have had the same. So I'll just leave it at that, Corbs. And I think the rest of it, uh, as, as you know, you've been around rugby for a long time. Once you bring politics into rugby, eventually uh, the truth bubbles to the surface and we'll get there one way or another. When, when he was saying that he wasn't involved in the ownership and then, then when he said he didn't even know who the owners were, that was, that was 
problematic for me. And when I, when he wasn't let, la- when he didn't start laughing, I realized, okay, this is not him joking around with me. This is, this is real. And what do I do in that scenario? Do I continue to ask questions that aren't going to be answered in that specific instance? Like, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm aware of you being at meetings with the owners and your wife being there with you. You know, it was, it was really kind of, it threw me, you know, it's, it's not often that I'm left speechless and I wasn't left speechless, so to speak, but you know, there was an element of truthiness that was missing if uh, to quote Stephen Colbert. Brian hit us. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to hit you guys with some facts. The city of Glendale owned the Glendale Raptors in their entirety before they joined MLR. When they joined MLR, they sold it to this mysterious LLC called Raptors 2017 LLC. Now, we don't know who the members of these are. Apparently, Mike says he doesn't either. But in, as of 2019, at the very least, the Raptors uh, official governor for Major League Rugby was Barrett O'Brien, who is the owner of O'Brien Rugby in Colorado. The vice governor, Debbie Dunifan. You can probably figure out who that is. So I, I think there's a bit of a gamesmanship going on here by, by Mike. Listen, for Mike Donovan to come on camera and tell you that he has nothing to do with the Raptors when it's his name on the letter that was circulated to the players and the other owners, I mean, what do you say? All you can do is echo exactly what Dan said earlier and say, listen, Infinity Park deserves a professional team. All you can do is feel bad for the coaches, the players, and the fans in this situation because it's utterly ridiculous that they pulled out without, you know, actually trying to sell the team. No, completely agree. And the fact I heard that they tried to sell the team. Tried. But their conditions or stipulations about it still having to have the same relationship with Infinity Park, a.k.a. the city or the township of Glendale. I don't know its exact jurisdiction. And sort of those implications became sort of a, a, non, a, a non-starter for selling talks. And the fact that they wanted the games there, the production company there. They wanted to just basically keep everything as normal on that side, but just stop being the ones that are plowing cash into, this, uh, into the burn pile, which has been MLR so far. <laughs> stoic faces from <laughs> from some but it's fair enough but you know we've got to talk about it within reason like what listen i just think it's sad for the league that we lost a good team um we lost uh, a place where rugby is a stronghold in in rugby town usa but you know they've got a good core for uh following i, I think deserve a team in that stadium and you know, I'm still hoping that they somehow park the egos by the time 2021 comes around and figure it out. Uh, I, I wouldn't surprise me if MLR are already planning without them and are trying to replace them or something. Um, but I kind of feel like they should still be a chance to salvage this purely because of the players. And if their real mission is to grow players for the American players for the World Cup, taking away a team there just seems like the dumbest step forward in that pursuing that goal to be honest the the that interview that just opened up so many different questions that or doors that need to be walked through or looked into or and and i again i was i was kind of stunned i was kind of flummoxed but at the same time the the real feeling is the disappointment that it's not going to be there that there isn't professional rugby there and for all those players and those that coaching staff and dan i'm going to turn it over to you again uh for all your uh university students who are doing a PR degree 
take notes, what not to do in this situation. Uh, you've pretty much got a, a list of how not to handle your business in this situation. So even if, even if uh, like Corb said, if, if the plan is to go out and foster American talent and turn them into a World Cup winning side, um, I don't think anyone's going to believe it because of how that was handled, Matt. I mean, there's going to be suspicion that's around it just on the way that the whole exit was handled. So their intentions may be pure and, and good, but I think everyone will be very hesitant moving forward. When you say hesitant moving forward, what do you, what do you mean? Who are you talking about? Just the general public. Like anything coming out of Glendale, Colorado now will have to be taken with a grain of salt. Alex, if you're a player and you're on that squad, what are you thinking? Uh, I think, you know, there's enough uncertainty going around right now without this incident needing to happen. And so that just puts further worries on, I have to find a new team. I need to move. Where am I going to go? What, uh, what franchises are recruiting right now? Now as well, that what happens to our MLR contract? Because technically we're in the league. Do we get to just move to another team or a new team? So I have to move my whole life. If I do, do I get to keep the same rate that I, that I had or do I have to renegotiate now because I don't really have another choice and now the new team I'm at uh, can base off me whatever I want because I don't have a guarantee that I'm moving from or anything. So there's so many sort of variables that get thrown into the mix that as a, as a player, the, the MLR is already a, you know, a hard enough journey to make it and make a real living out, uh, out of it as it is. And for those guys, it just got a whole lot harder and a whole lot more uncertain. Yeah, I'm going to reach out rather than speculate. I want to talk to Barrett. But guys, we have a mystery guest that's joining us. And we are going to come back with that mystery guest right after this for some fun MLR talk. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Back, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Power, Alex Corbucero, Brian Ray, Matt McCarthy, and a mystery guest. And gentlemen, you are charged with guessing who this mystery guest is. And the mystery guest is going to stop wandering around in the wind because all we're hearing is the wind. Sorry there, Matt. Sorry there. Thanks for having me on here. All right. It's a privilege to be on the show. Mystery guest. I love the voice. That's excellent. But again, we get a little bit of wind coming in on your uh your mic there so let's try to get that under control i know that you're busy and we only have you for a couple of minutes uh but we're going to go around with these guys and i'm going to just give them a couple of basic hints uh, as to your identity you are a current major league rugby player that's the only hint these guys get brian lead us off with you <laughs> well, i was going to say oscar the grouch but uh i don't know is, is it uh no no uh <laughs> Uh, you got another guess or a question? How about a question to find out who he is? Uh, what region of the States? <laughs> what region of the States is your team? Down here in Texas. Down in Texas. Uh, Alex? What position do you play? Hold on, Alex. Go ahead. What position do you play? Number 10. Number 10. Number 10 in Texas. Dan? Whoever this is, they're an imposter. There's only one Bill the Drill, and he's got that smooth British accent. 
this guy thinks he's built a drill. And uh, listen, we deal with imposters in Austin the old-fashioned way, so you better be careful because I know it's not Sam Windsor. There's only two tens in Texas, and that's it. Right now, but maybe next year there would be a third. Mark Cuban? Isn't that a Tongan guy, Kurt? Uh, whatever is Kurt Morath is signed to is it now Austin as well? Yeah, Kurt doesn't sound like he's eaten half a ton of gravel and drunk in a bottle of whiskey before he came on. So <laughs> it's not hey, Kurt it's been a long couple weeks. It's been a long couple weeks for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it, has, it has been. <laughs> yeah. Brian, do you want to try again? Brian, uh, I, I'm I'm failing here. We've gone through every ten, ten in Texas. <laughs> Who's left? Alex Reese played a couple games. All right, let's get the drum roll. Let's have the reveal, and there he is. It is Will the Drill. Brian, you guessed it right away, for God's sakes. You ruined the whole game. Unbelievable. Damn Canadian. How's it going, guys? How are we doing, mate? I'm good. How are you, Corbs? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Just, uh, you know, keeping myself entertained with these three. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm seeking shelter from a windy golf course, so... Uh... Tough gig over there, mate. Yeah. He's in Fiji because he won the big prize. Real quick, what are your thoughts on Donovan and the interview and the Raptors leaving? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing me right under the bus. Um, no, it's I mean, it's the theme of today's show. Yeah, no, I mean... That's an easy one, right? There's the bus. Just launch him in front of it. Why not? No, no. Um, obviously, Glendale holds a very... Very, very uh, like sacred place in my heart, always will. Um, and obviously watching that interview is pretty tough on a number of different levels. Uh, one, obviously the Raptors leaving MLR, which is very sad. Um, but also I just don't, don't fully believe everything that came out of his mouth, to be quite honest. So um, I think there's a lot more to it than, than what's being led on. And I, I know some of the guys in the media are definitely digging into what, what's actually happening in Colorado. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's just a real shame to see one of the powerhouses of USA Rugby over the past 10, 15 years, not taking part in the, in the top level of competition. Now that we got that one out of the way, you're also a virtual champion, and we have the virtual commissioner with us, Dan Power. Dan, can you walk us through the ceremony here, his, his, vic his victory lap here on Rugby Wrap-Up? First, let me address the rumors of people saying that it was fixed from me and the fact that there's a Lamborghini at the front with the license plate Gilly on it. Uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that Will won. Will won based on his skill level and his superiority as a gamer and a rugby player. Will, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Not that Alex didn't put you on the spot before, but uh, last week we laid the gauntlet down. And again, we'll, we'll get back to the virtual commissioner, but uh, for the champion who wasn't named at that point, to go head to head with Mr. Alex Corbusero, do you accept that challenge? Absolutely, let's get it done. Alex, do you accept this challenge or not? Yes. You're, you're saying that you accept the challenge. How many days of prep do you say you need? I need to get a consult and then I need like two days of prep. Will, you're the champion. He's trying to dictate terms. Are those terms okay by you? <laughs> uh, those terms are absolutely fine. He just needs to name the time and a place and it's on. AG's all the way. I'll be Fiji. You can be the best team in the game calls whenever you want, mate. It's all good. I'm the money fight in this organization. And so, you know, as much as I need to dictate terms to the, the so-called MLR champ, you know, it, 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 if I don't sign on the dotted line, no one's tuning in. So just sit there, let me get my console, give me a couple of days, and it's game on. Wow. And I'll batter you with England. I'll have to just schedule it in between my... Um... 
my field goal kip- kicking contest with the Patriots kicker because I'm going to take his job first. All right, fair, mate. Dan? Yeah, first, calm down, Alex McGregor Corbusero, you know, the money fight. Patrick Chung lost a Super Bowl ring to build the drill. So you've got to come to this party with something pretty significant. So one of the British and Irish Lions jerseys that you got uh, has to go on the line for that uh, beautiful MLR Cup. How's that sound? Again, money fight. Mate, there's only one Texas Cup. How many, how many Lions jerseys did you get? Four test ones. It'll happen, Corbs. We'll get it done. Before we let you go, Will, and you've been very gracious in accepting the challenges terms. That's, that's, a, that's a true rugby thing. Very, very humble uh, champion, a good champion. He needs me to secure his legacy. Yeah, but Will, uh, after we take a commercial break, we're coming back with our best four and fives in the league. Now, we're going to take the pressure off you a little bit and say you cannot pick a Gilgroni, but who are your best four and fives in the league? Uh, I'm going with Nate Brakeley from Rooney. Workhorse, just a machine. And I will go quite left field maybe with Ben Mitchell, obviously previously of Austin, but San Diego, uh, just a bit of an enforcer. Smokes me a few times in the past few years. Big lad, really physical, real good player. And from everything I've heard about him, he's a good lad as well. So that ticks all the boxes for me as a second row. Gentlemen, any final words for Mr. Mr. McGee before he departs? Alex got his hand raised. Go ahead, Alex. Well done on uh, winning, mate. Uh, congratulations to you and the MLR on over a million views and raising over $10,000 as well. I think that's out, uh, outstanding and a credit to you guys in a tough situation, making something positive of it. Thank you very much. It was a great, great initiative by all the guys. And obviously, huge thanks to Dan and Pete for putting up with us for a, for a couple of weeks. So, no, it was awesome. Brilliant initiative. Doesn't get any better than that, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Thank you, William. Cheers, guys. And we'll be right back with yeah. our top locks in major league rugby 2020 after this four been blind since i was four and i've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me i drink beer because of the taste and my beer is paps blue ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label i think there's a a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. And we are back at Rugby Wrap-Up. Dan Power, Alex Corbusero, Brian Ray, Matt McCarthy. Thanks to Will McGee for making that, that uh, last segment uh, fun and uncomfortable at the same time. Kind of what we had last week, a couple of interviews. But guys, uh, we do have work to do here. You know, we, we're following up our coach of the year. We're following up our front rows uh, of the abbreviated Major League Rugby 2020 season. Now we're doing the, the engine room, more lunch pail stuff at four and five. And Alex, since you started us off with the front row last week, let's go to Brian in Canada to go, start uh-huh. off with number four. Brian. And what's the four? Is what's, what's our right and what's our left? Who's got the bigger push at five? That's what I'm thinking. And who's more the gazelle at four, right? Okay. Well, I'm just saying, in South Africa, the four is the guy on the right side. So we're going five here. Is that what we're doing? Or are we doing four? Oh, all right. <laughs> is this this painful? Can I, go I hope first? it's not as painful for the viewer as it is for me. 
I think uh, you know Will McGee might have a future as a selector. I really like Ben Mitchell, but I can't I can't give him the pick uh, on form this year just because San Diego really wasn't starting him in the, in the early part of the season. I'm going to go with Johan Momsen, this big South African from Rugby ATL, who I thought was a revelation for them. Uh, crazy that he doesn't have a Super Rugby deal. I guess it's just because they have so many mutants over there. You know, he's only six five, two fifty, so I guess he's you know you have to be seven feet tall there. But uh, I thought he was awesome. Pretty good pick. Dan, you were nodding your head uh, a little bit in agreement with that pick. So let's go to Alex. Uh, I don't differentiate between four and five, really. It just depends on the combination. So I'll go with the first of my picks. And I went for Kenny uh, Nasagege from San Diego. I just think his physicality, his scrum strength in the engine room, his ball carrying, his big hits. Uh, from year one to year two, I thought his fitness has improved dramatically. So you're getting more involvement in a game from him and you get in such team have more game time. Uh, I also think he exemplifies what the MLR should be about is uncovering sort of uh, jet diamonds in the rough in, in the United States. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think he had a really strong season and, and it was a shame to see, as everyone to see it cut short. Can't argue with that. Or can we, Dan? No, those are two really good picks. And Locke was a, a- pretty strong position this year from what we saw. Uh, I have a third name though, and I'm staying on the West Coast actually with Corbs' team out there, the San Diego Legion. I'm going with Josh the Towering Inferno. So Josh Ferno. That's my other pick. Sorry, Corbs. And and I'm basing this on this year and body of work in MLR, not on reputation and what they've done. Um, I thought his start to the year was outstanding. Ball carries, so strong, so good in the line out. Um, tempted to go for Nate Brakely here, but I would pick Nate at six instead of Locke if, if I was, you know, if I was the Will McGee in selecting teams. So I'll go with Josh, the towering in. You're making this show hard this week for me. I was going to go with Inferno, um, and I was going to go with Nate Brakely. I'm going to stick with Nate Brakely and, and, it show it talks to his versatility, right? About play, being able to play at number six, but that was not what they wanted to do. That was an emergency situation, and it's not a knock on Nate, but they were so thin across the board early at, early into this season with guys not getting into the country and visa issues and injuries, and you know specifically at flanker and second row, they were they they went they were dropping like flies, but his his work rate him at the breakdown i think it was something crazy about it was like 62 i think was the total on his last game of the year 62 ruck arrivals so defensive and offensively which i haven't seen a number that high in three years of mlr not even close that do they break those numbers down by first to arrive second third plus because when we used to do stats ruck arrivals are good but if you're the third man or fourth at 40 plus rucks, then it's a, a misleading stat. Does that make sense? Not trying to take away from Nate at all. That's just my uh, rugby brain my wondering guess, if there's more detail. My quick guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is that we're not at that level yet where we're counting the, the second, third, and fourth guys at a ruck, are we? I just think it's interesting that Corbs hates Nate Brakely. That's just what no, I think. No, but I will say, without hating on Nate any more than I already have, I wouldn't play him at six. I think he's a fantastic engine room lock, but I don't know if he's got the pace for six. Uh, even in the MLR, which maybe isn't as fast, maybe the, the, the top highest levels in the league, I do think um, he's suited to the second row. And, and he's just so consistent 
for Rooney. And um, I, I just think he's kind of like that. You know, he's just the glue in that engine room, the kind of like the, the linchpin that keeps that sort of Rooney machine going. He, he's just a nonstop workhorse. I wasn't trying to dis, uh, take away from his ruck count, but I always find stats like that sometimes can be misleading because if I was at 50 rucks in a game and then they looked at it and they went, hey, for 35 of these, you were the third man. Or so you are, you are throwing him on. You're, you're, you're challenging his statistical. No, I just doing. Want, I don't want to mislead. The you're doing viewers. both. I'm, what, people coming on this show and giving me two sides of things is just, just, just getting a little wacky. Listen, he was in my top five. Fair enough. Brian, why don't you take us into fives? I'm going to be boring. I'm picking native five. <laughs> I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I thought he was the form lock and one of my players of the year. His work rate was tremendous. And I agree with, with Corbs that I, I see him more as a second, a straight second row uh, on the flank, though he can certainly do a job on the blind side. But the guy I'll eventually pick on the blind side, I think, uh, is a little more suited. But no, I thought Brakely was, was tremendous this year. Uh, so I have to pick him. Dan, why don't, why don't you go next on this one? Well, it's the New Zealand love god. And this is why my team would smash Corbs's and Brian's team when they pl imaginary play. It's uh, the boogeyman, Brad Tucker. Uh, I mean, how do you not pick last year's MVP and one of the stars of the league? So, again, not a stereotypical five, so to speak, but uh, kind of a tweener back in New Zealand, which is probably why we're fortunate to have him in the MLR and not in Super Rugby. But unbelievable... Uh, work ethic and you talk about a leader and an intimidator I think every pack needs one I think most players in the MLR will agree he is a guy that they look for when they're carrying the ball and make sure he's not too close and then when he runs the ball he runs with pretty bad intentions as well so Brad Tucker is my five so Alex did, did you want to pick five well I, I'm gonna pick Ferno for my official five because I just like the combination of him and Kenny you've got sort of your bruiser You've got your, your engine, your physicality, your mong. And then you've also got, um, you know, Ferno, who has soft touches with the ball in hand. I thought the way he ran the line out was fantastic. The work rate, his offload game. Other guys I would give special mention, the big lad from the Sabercats. Braden Buck. Yeah, I, I was a fan of his when I watched him. And also, I'm a big fan of Landry. I know he didn't get to play much. Everything that Nate Brakely brings, I think he does very much similarly. It's maybe a little bit more dynamic. No, he got a cup of coffee. And as Dan said earlier, the, the, the league has got some good locks, right? And... and and versatile and different. How about Shep? Mike Shepard on the arrows, right? In the work rate department. Brian, you want to give me a little backup on this one or no? Hey, I, I would totally pick Shep, but he only played like two games. I went strictly on form for the season. So again, Landry played one game in the blind side for New England. So that's why I kind of disqualified those guys. But otherwise, no complaints. And I guess I'm basing some of this stuff on last season too and the consistency. But again, you know, it's, it's a shame that we're, we're cheated. We're cheated, folks of what's going on. But I want to thank you for your knowledge, your wit, and your charm. And now I think we might have the mystery guest thing going forward. So you guys are going to stay on your toes. Uh, and maybe I won't even know who the mystery guest is. Doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> the man that speaks the truth, Alex Corbacero. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Brian. Matt McCarthy for all of these gentlemen. For Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off. I'm Will McGee, champion of virtual MLR, up the AGs, and you're watching uh, Rugby Rapper. Please hit that YouTube subscribe button, follow us on all social media platforms, and sign up for our weekly newsletter.